Good morning, princesses. Thank you for joining episode 16 of the Go Report podcast. This week's conversation, the inside scoop part two. Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, strengthen us as we pour out so that you can pour in and lead us as we pour forth in your name. Amen. Last week, we held our first masterclass on plot structure. In fact, we talked about Gustav Freitag, a 19th century literary critic who proposed that Shakespeare's plays were comprised of five major sections or acts. Last week, we discussed just only the first three, exposition, complication, and we dipped our toes into the turning point. For this week, we're going to hold part two of that masterclass, and we're going to focus on the following areas, turning point, resolution, and denouement, which is the final outcome. But first, let's go over a few definitions. Climax, known as the turning point. The climax is the turning point, and this is the third arc, which affects the change either for the better or for the worse in the protagonist's situation. Resolution. A reversal happens in this fourth arc, where the conflict between the protagonist and the antagonist is beginning to resolve. The protagonist either wins or loses to the antagonist. There's an unexpected incident also, which makes the final outcome suspenseful. And finally, conclusion or denouement. The conclusion is the end of the story, which is sometimes called the denouement or the resolution. It is at the end of the story that the protagonist achieves his or her goal. So let's continue with climax, turning point, resolution, falling action, and conclusion, denouement. If you take a look at the Bible, you may notice something particular. Specifically, both the Old and the New Testament tells us about our Savior's death and resurrection. You see, the Savior would be also pierced for his transgressions, so that by his wounds we are healed. We find that in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. In fact, also, the prophet Daniel reveals that the anointed one will be put to death and will have nothing, as found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 26. Now, let's take specifically a look at Psalm chapter 22, verse 22, where David cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? You see, many centuries later, we will find in Matthew chapter 27, Jesus is praying the same verse as found in Psalm chapter 22, verse 22 in the Old Testament. I'm going to specifically read for you Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 through 46. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness all over the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabatini, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Our climax. You see, commentaries have stated that the actions listed in Psalm chapter 22 were the same events that would take place as our innocent Jesus experiences the most horrendous death during the time, crucifixion, dying on the cross for our sins. Take a look at Luke chapter 24, verse 34. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Now let's take a look at resolution, the falling action. David writes about the Messiah and the fact that the Messiah would ascend to heaven 
and sit at God's right hand. In Psalm, this is chapter 110, verse 1. And when you turn to it, you may notice that it has a heading that says, Announcement of the Messiah's reign, a Psalm of David. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstools. Or let's check out 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil, who has also been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Well, take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, where it says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And finally, princesses, our conclusion, or our dagma. Flip for me, would you, to Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. This is the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this resolution to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. You see, we're getting to our conclusion here. Flip over to chapter 22, verses one through six. And I'll read this to you. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Wow. Now take a look now at chapter 22, verses 20 through 21. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Amen. You see, princesses, the Holy Bible is full of countless stories of Freytag's plot structure. But you see, the entire Bible, God's holy word, encompasses them all. In God's story of his love and his redemption of a fallen mankind through his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. So can reading the book of Revelation be daunting? Can it be scary at the onset? Well, yeah, it can be. But you see what? We shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't be daunted. Why? Because we have been given the most wonderful gift as a child of the Almighty, the inside scoop. We know how the story ends. And this knowledge can fill us with God's Holy Spirit, which brings hope, courage, faith, assurance, love. 
you know what, princesses? We can stand on this truth. It's found in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. And I got to read this to y'all. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Come on, read with me now. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Forever whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now I'm keeping it on. I'm on 31 now. God's everlasting love. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up from us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercessions for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded princesses that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I know you guys should be clapping about that one. Nothing can separate us from his love. Well, this concludes our Go Report for this week. And don't forget to check out this week's Go playlist. It is filled with inspiration galore. Now, Go will be taking a short recess, but we will be back in action the week of February 19th. But until then, remember, each day is an opportunity for us to lead, serve, and go. Be blessed.